fuck these niggas think they dealing with? Got the ISIS flow, I been killing shit. Got the ice in the snow, I been whipping shit. Couple cars on the lot like a dealership. Yeah, letting nigga with an attitude. Came up off the block to off the avenue. What up, what up? What up, guys? Welcome back to Faded Truth. Today I got the beautiful Tanzania Huji on the show, yeah. cast member from this upcoming movie that you guys will be seeing, uh, Bully, The Dead Don't Die, hoping to drop this fall of 2020. What's up, Miss Huji? How you feeling? You bougie and Huji? Really, yeah. <laughs> yes! I'm feeling that. So I, I usually say I'm, I'm a huge thing. You know, I'm a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Gucci Hugey. I like that. I like that. I'm Cheers. feeling all right. Cheers. Cheers to that. Tell me, tell me what you're sipping on. I'm sipping on highly lifted. Highly lifted. I don't know if you can see it. It is infused by my homegirl Taz Lima out of New York. Bourbon Summer Aid. It's gonna knock me off my goddamn ass. And what you what you're sipping on? What you sipping on over there? I got Pinot Noir, DEA, Claudine Shaw. Don't believe everything you hear. Here's what's crazy to me. You castled your king to protect it from my queen only to get pinned by my knight. It's unfortunate that an officer such as yourself with such great potential won't even see me or my people coming. Sure, we need to do this again sometime. Maybe I'll take you up on that. Have a good court day. If you're not dead. Dead don't die. Tell me about what's going on in this scene right now. You're playing, are you actually playing chess with him or? Yeah, we're actually playing chess. Um, okay. I wrote that scene and he's like, you know, what information? I don't know anything. What are you talking about? Like This is the scene where you get to see our characters kind of really bump heads. Finally, Claudine Shaw comes in the in the beginning. She pretty much comes and you hear about her. Her brother is killed. You, so you hear that she's there. Like you hear that she's coming to do an investigation. You hear that she's like cleaning up, cleaning up shop. You hear that she's trying to like, you just hear about it. You don't ever see her. So in this scene, when you finally see her, it's super powerful. So this was the first time everyone sees Claudine. Everyone sees Claudine. She don't take no shit. <laughs> she don't think no shit. She's about her business. Hopefully, we will get a chance to elaborate on her story in the next movie. Because that's our plan to do two more movies. One about Danny House and then one about Claudine Shaw. Okay. And the through lines, the through lines of uh, how I write and how we develop. We wanted to show how Rico is so close to being found out. Or how Claudine Shaw is like, right, like... He can feel the heat of her breath right on her, right on his neck. You're not undercover, right? No, I'm not undercover. I, he knows I am the DA administrator. Okay. Let's get it going faster. Let's get some more info and all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty much telling him I know you're crooked, and you know you should you should just go ahead and give me all the information so I can let you go free. The films are like everyone's stories kind of connect. So. Like kind of like a crash. The movie, right? Yeah. Right. Like for us to to know that it's just more than a vendetta. Like these these characters are connected more than like just wants to find out. And that's going to be the next film. Like what makes her a good guy? Why is she 
you know, or, you know, a white hat and a white horse. Like, why did she come in to save the day? What makes Claudine Shaw, Claudine Shaw? That will be in the next film. But for this film, you get to see how much of she don't take no shit. What's your and favorite scene with, with her? My favorite scene is when he's being, when Rico's, Rico's being booked and <laughs> he's actually giving his testimony. There's like other characters in there and I don't have a lot of lines, but all of my facial expressions are just like. <laughs> this motherfucker lying. Yes, this, exactly, this motherfucker right here. Like it is, it is one of the characters where a lot of times I, I get like the funny role or I get to play the sidekick. But this role right here, I get to play the most sarcastic a uh, bitch and you like her you like her you like this bitch like where did she come from like i very much want the boss bitch to be liked i really want everyone to enjoy a powerful woman an alpha woman she's an alpha and she has a team she knows her shit she's coming for rico so that's the main character that you kind of uh, yes. film with and everything is rico Yes. Okay. Would you say that you relate to her in real life or what's the biggest like difference you would think? Because I feel like you're a badass bitch and you don't take shit anyway. Yeah, so I am. What was the difference in acting her out? Believability. I always want to be believable. I think that people that really know me there, they'll be able to see spaces where they see like, definitely Tanzania. I want to believe Rico's good. So I'm not initially going into this space and, and doing all this detective work, trying to get Rico. I just want to get the person that's bad. Like the chess game is about Claudine being able to see what Rico's really about and testing him. Cause she wants to, she wants to know, she wants him to do the good thing. She wants him to do the right thing. I agree with all those things. I'm not a vindictive person. I always want to believe everyone's right, but I'm not that. I, I always err on, like that's where we differ. Claudine Shaw wants to believe that, that he's good and that everything's going to be okay and that he actually has nothing to do with anything. And then, <laughs> and in real um, life, you're like, in, in real life, I already saw that shit before right. you open your mouth. In real life, <laughs> in real life, my right ovary itches and I'm like, <laughs> the vibe is off. I'm wrong with them. The energy, ah, it don't feel right. Like that's, uh. that's Tanzania. I tend to move on the side that. Um, people are people 98.9% of the time. And those times people end up being trash. And that one dot, dot, dot percent chance, you really get some really good people. And when you meet them, you hold onto them tight. Uh, yeah. That's how I am with my friends. Like, cause I don't have, I'm not close to my family. I had similar, you know, things like you, I was very a clo like closed person from how I grew up. And now I'm more empathetic to the people that I love. That's like my family, you know? So right. my back home is like, that's my brothers and my sisters, basically. That's how I look at it. So it took right. a while to build those things because I'm always the person that's like, you lying. <laughs> you know yes, what? yes, like, yes. Your energy, uh -huh. I have to say, is amazing. I Even before I talked to you, I was excited because I could just feel like good energy from looking at your pictures. It's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. You wouldn't know the kind of week that the past two weeks I've had. So, but still I rise. I know at the core of me, um, at the core of everything I do is like light. 
my life really should require me to be dark. Um, my mom was killed when I was one. My dad was in jail. I was abused as a kid. I really shouldn't be as loving and caring and as open and as creative as I am. But I know that through darkness, light, light appears and creativity appears. So I'm super grateful for like every opportunity. And I'm grateful for the creative family that I have. And when you go through things, you tend to draw people that are, are for you or not for you. So yeah, I, I agree. Like the same way you see my light, I see your light. And the same way you have like fr family, like, you know, your friends that are family is the same way that I have that, that same connection. Like, and then even so much more now that I, I have creative family, like Alex Hugo is my creative family. Like, I have an amazing tribe. Like I have an amazing group of friends. Um, it wasn't for my friends and the people that I have met. Literally, God handpicked and and put them in my life. Literally, when I needed them, I look at other people's lives. I'm like, damn, like they had a hard life too. But for me, I've had a tumultuous life. That's a big thing that I've realized. Like, don't dumb down your pain because others have it worse. Because it's still your pain and it still affects you. Growing up, I literally have always thought that I'm like other people have it worse. You know, at least I'm not in this situation or at least I'm alive and I'm breathing, you know? So I was always very right. optimistic throughout my whole dark childhood and my life. And it's crazy because people are like, I don't know how you're, you know, the way you are. And you tell me your stories. I would never think of that. And I'm like, I don't know. I just always felt like I had to put like my grinding hat on and just go because and no be positive. Yeah. So now I'm realizing now I'm 30 and it's the first time this year that I realized I need to look at my pain, accept it. And, and work from it and not put it off to the side like, oh, it's no big deal. Because it is a big deal. It still affects everything, you know, it affects everything. 30 so. is so big. About two weeks ago, I was in meditation and prayer and I heard them say, stop fighting fights that you didn't start and stop, stop trying to fix things that you ain't break. And I got up and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> It's the best advice oh. I heard all month. <laughs> <laughs> My whole song was like, ah. I know that you're a co-writer. So how did that come about? I want to say maybe like four years ago now. I have this homegirl. Shout out to Mariana Vargas um, from St. Catherine's Academy. She was like, oh my God, you need to you need to audition for um, this part. A uh, beauticianist in this this show. So I, re I reached out. I was in a musical at the time. So I couldn't audition. But I said, listen. I watched a couple of your episodes and I would really like to write for it. He was like, cool, write me a scene and shoot it to me. And I Are was you like, talking about the episodes from the series Bully before? Yes, okay. from the series Bully. So if you're watching the series Bully, we are back on Roku and we are also on Deja Vu. So we're up, like, we're up and running because we're about to draw Bully the Dead Don't Die. Okay, so tell me about Timeless Guilt. In Timeless Guilt, I play a character named Liz. No answer, huh? Nope. You led that boy on. No, I did not. Okay, well, I thought it was harmless. Hmm. Okay, you're right. I was very unprofessional. Well, it was just this whole situation with Anthony and, and my emotions. And I, mean, I spent a lot of time on the case with Darnell, and I just... Cannot separate the two. You think? You have to remember what you signed up for. 
you are a reporter. You know better than anybody else. We are the I, I got to be the funny person. Was that easier for you? Because I feel like you're already a goofball. Yes. <laughs> so I would say cheese. Liz is most like Tanzania, like the sarcastic part of Tanzania. I get to okay. be, I get to like roll my eyes and be like, really? I get to make a whole bunch of facial expressions. My role is right. the comic relief. So I get okay. to be the best friend. Liz is funny. She's warm. She is all about the points. She's she's like the auntie sister role where if you're coming to Liz for advice, she's like, now, nah, girl, you know better. You know, you know, you don't fucked up. Um, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have touched that or no, you shouldn't. You know, you should have screwed that boy. <laughs> That's what I tell my friends. But, you know, I'm like the, the no. best first advice. At least you got some. <laughs> But was it good? But was it good? So wait, what about He Got Bars? Oh, uh, man. Okay, so He Got Bars is with my other creative partner, Vaughn Elsie Collins. The character's name is Kelly. And I get to be extra funny there. Like, this this character, I actually get to be, like, over the top. I get to flirt. Yeah, I get to do this, too. Like, I get to... Kelly's very single. <laughs> very, very, very single. Okay, and she gets... I get to be... A sophisticated bird. I'm Damien. Does this beautiful woman who liked my movie have a name? I'm Asia. And I'm this is Kelly. Single. Very single Kelly. You know what? Are you an actress? Who, me? Yes, you. Because you have, like, the Oh, darling, I've been told. I can imagine. Hold on one second. Kelly, right? Yes. This is Kelly. She has a look, doesn't she? Indeed, she does. She wants to be an actress. And Chuck, Chuck James. Kelly. I directed Rose from Concrete. Oh my God, I know exactly who you are. You're an actress. Yes. Why don't you uh, come and tell me that? Well, I've been acting since I was a child. Oh my God! Oh. So, Chuck James is going to be a whole star. Yes, thank you for not coming. But, oh my God, I'm going to be a Yes! So, are we getting drinks or not? No. No? Oh, I can't stand those stifling energy! You need Palisanto or Sage or something! Call me. Comedy is really, really hard. People really think that uh, comedy is easy because, oh, like, people are laughing, but... Timing, Whoopi Goldberg and Eddie Murphy, I think their comedic timing in films is impeccable. Whoopi Goldberg can go from the stage to film back to theater. Like she can go from being a comedian to uh, doing Broadway then to being on film. And it's it's it seems effortless and seamless. And I think that's why she's one of my, she is my favorite. And I'm really big into cannabis now because I don't smoke often, but I'm really big into infusing it into my food, infusing wow. it into my drinks. Um, I have an autoimmune disease. So when it comes to inflammation, it's really big and helpful for me to get it into my body. And this is a whole body high as opposed to like a head high. You have like okay. arthritis, if you have joint pain, if you have like carpal tunnel. Yeah. And like as a writer, it's good for me to be relaxed. I'm so happy that you're on the, the cannabis train because yeah. it's crazy doing all these interviews now. I've had a few different people that are like heavy in the plants over pills movement. 
of, you know, stop taking things for the inflammation or the headaches or whatever it may be. If you're in sports and they give you pills for the injuries, you know, just find the strain or type of weed that works for you. Find the, the way to take it. You don't have to smoke it. You know, you could take gummies. You could do whatever you need to do. Big Pharma is big on giving you one thing and then it causes a whole lot of other things. Mm -hmm. So when I got diagnosed, I kept asking the doctor, you know, if I've had it, you know, throughout my whole entire life, why am I getting it now? And she was just like, you know, first off, we work so hard in America. We're just working and we don't, we just push things off. So we don't take care of our bodies. One, I looked into natural ways of relieving the pain, taking a gummy, taking a tincture, like a stevia tincture, finding out, I'm already starting to feel it already. Um, <laughs> finding out something that like finding out what, what strand is good for inflammation like only taking it when i'm inflamed or taking cbd to manage through pain do you take thc daily or only if you have a uh... only if i'm in a flare-up so okay. my flare-ups feel like my flare-ups feel like you're getting the flu there's cbd just to keep me calm so that's that's <laughs> your scorpio ass needs that <laughs> You're also a social justice activist, correct? Oh, it's getting to you. <laughs> so, you know, what does that mean? Or does that mean you're speaking on black rights whenever you can? So I'm speaking on black first. I'm black on black on black. I wore black. This is black. What country is your family from? America. Like, uh, we're off the boat. Like, so this, so when you say, oh, so now we're about to have a real conversation. So Hello? Hey, this is she. That you you're descended from Nigeria and you are first first wave um, African and then you are American. Okay. People that were that were born from slaves or that were enslaved are black. When you say African American, it doesn't give it the same connotation. So like my my heritage is that I'm descendants of slaves. So I'm ADOS. So that's part of my heritage. They came off the boat. They went through share uh, sharecropping, Jim Crow. That's not long ago. Right. <laughs> like my grandmother uh, is 79. My Nana is 92. Oh, God bless her. Yes. They had children. The children died because of disease. Right. You know, you know, things like that. Or like, oh, we lost them because the master killed them. Black Lives Matter didn't just start. Civil rights movement didn't just start been around for a really long time and it just didn't it just now got a hashtag um right. civil rights has been around for around social justice has been around uh, around for a while but um blm it's it hasn't it wasn't started because of covid it just got lit up enhanced because of covid if you think about all of the people that are highly affected they're all black and brown people 
they're all the so-called minorities of this country. Let's talk about New York, first off. New York has 117 billionaires. Why? And we had 92,000 homeless people prior to COVID. Half of them were working individuals. So we had homeless people that worked in New York. How? Why? So I could see how Black Lives Matter could blow up during COVID because we already had homeless people. We already had food deserts in New York. I literally used to live in a food desert. That's what got me involved in social justice. So I like to say that I'm an artivist. I, I use my art to activize people. I use my platform to promote what's going on in the movement. Anything that's going on in the movement, not just Black Lives Matter, but right now because I am a Black woman and when I go outside, I'm not ambiguous enough. I don't, you know, I look Black. My phenotype is Black. Obviously, you're a writer, you do poetry, I saw, you do a lot of things. I'm going to use my art, I'm going to use my gifts, I'm going to use my poems, I'm going to use my songs, I'm going to use everything to let people know, hey, we're not being represented appropriately. Black lives do matter. But not only Black lives, but what's going on in Lebanon matters. What's, what's going on in the schools matter. Everything that's happening matters. This has been going on, like you said, behind the scenes, and then now just kind of popped with the COVID. So nobody would hear about any of these movements because they're not presented on the media. No. So it's crazy. I mean, I'm ac I'm actually excited that I was alive to see the movement because yes. I never thought that that would be something that would even happen. It's not just here in America. It's, it's everywhere. It's in Brazil. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter in Brazil, in Colombia, in all of South America, there are people that look like you and there are people that look like me. And we deserve to be no longer divided. We need to be together. Yeah. We don't become one until, or free until black black people are free. If you want a unity, then everyone's gotta be on the same fucking page. It's like common sense. Throughout the diaspora, we all have to be free. You know, the rich over the poor. I feel like they don't want people to unite because obviously that would give us more power, you know? to overthrow you and fucking see the bullshit. Um, so they want but people. I think, I think people are, I think people will start to see it. COVID has made everything magnified and it's made, now it's making people see like, Oh, it's not a black white thing. It's a rich, poor thing. Right. <laughs> and the wealthy have gotten even more wealthy throughout this whole entire thing. One, one billionaire in New York right could all the taxes. Like, how did Flint, Michigan have no clean water for how long? But the fucking... Four, four years now. Four years. Four or five years now. That's fucking insane. That's, like, insane. Especially they, in the U.S. Because it's, like... They it's live like country. they're in a third world country. I know that you have a hobby. Tansy Cooks. How do you nosy? <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favorite thing to cook? Right now, I really like making... South Asian and Pan Asian. I've learned how to make a sushi roll. So my my way, my working my way all the way over. So I know how to make. So then I have to learn how to make like the the sashimi and then the hand roll, and then I'm good. Okay. Yeah, but so now I'm in like the Asian realm. But it comes to me naturally is like soul food. So like macaroni and cheese, fried chicken. What's the biggest obstacle that you think you faced in your acting career? Getting over my image, being a full figured brown skin, dark skin, black woman, and being told, oh, it's your image. I know I'm good enough, but being in a sea of black women who are not, who 
who, when you get to the industry, they don't know what kind of black woman they want. Mm -hmm. They always pick the ambiguous black woman. You know, I can't take my blackness off. I'm always comfortable in my skin, but I also recognize that when I go, when I go into auditions, there'll be me and then like a light skin chick at a callback. So I always feel like the industry doesn't know what image of black women they want. Right. Okay. So I'm always um, trying to figure out in an audition, how black do you want me? In acting school, we don't study movies that are indicative to black culture and, and black theater, things like that. We're studying a lot of films that are white based. But then when I go into an audition, and they're looking for the sassy black girl, or they're looking for a black girl to be more ethnic, but I have been taught to act a character that's not culturally me, you start to double guess yourself when you audition. Like when they ask you to do something else, you're like, do you want a net roll when you, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> do you have a special thing that you do before you get um, on stage or to an audition? Like, do you meditate? Do you pray? Do you I pray. I listen to music. I try not to answer any text messages or phone calls because they are distracting. I say that I was born for this. Like in my head, I say, you know, I'm born for this and whatever it's going to be is going to be. And then when I'm walking in, I breathe in and then out. And then I say, feel your feet on the floor. Cause once you feel like your feet on the floor, you like, grounded. yeah, you drop in and you're like, okay, I'm here. You look everyone in their eyes and then you fill up the room with your energy and your space. Instead of like letting the people there shrink you. Right. You That's then looking at it. Yeah. You, you go in and you fill up the room. So then right. I like, breathe in, I fill in the room. And then I say, hi, my name is Tanzania Huji. And they were like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Do you have any upcoming uh, things that you're working on now? Um, Can you sing? Yes. I, I, <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like you. I feel like you're literally pulling out all of my stuff. I don't like you. You're sneaky. You're sneaky. You will sneak you. <laughs> Did you just do an evil laugh? <laughs> oh, like look. It sounds evil. I don't mean it to be. I literally have an evil laugh. I've heard it my whole life. It's called the witch cackle. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't fucking with Dan. We are now writing another series of being DNA. I am now a columnist for GiveMeAstoria dot com and i write open end pieces so i just did a post called the zen within and that was me you know touring astoria talking about um, my activism in the march and also talking about my feelings of like just new york like losing its diversity with gentrification that's happening and then people like covid see people coming together and I see people separating. My piece was really about, you know, Queens and then Astoria being the melting pot of New York. And I never want New York to lose that feeling of it being a melting pot right. because it it's what makes us diverse. It's what makes America, America, but it also is what makes New York feel like New York. Exactly. Um, I got a question for you. Yes. What makes you happiest in life? Damn. Yes. What makes you <laughs> <happy>? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you happiest in life? 
is it bad that I think weed? <laughs> because if You're I don't right. smoke, I actually don't accept the other happiness into it. You know, I always You're wake all up right with me. <laughs> You're all right. With I me. feel like I smoke and everything else kind of falls in. But what makes me happiest now, now in my life is uh, I want to see my family or friends that didn't have the same opportunities as me. I want to see them do good. And I want to see them do better for themselves. And I'm one of those people that if you're my friend, I'm always going to tell you the blunt truth. Like, hey, don't fuck with him. Fuck him. Cut him off. Cut her off. Whatever you got to do. It's not serving you, you know. And I want right. people to have the same positive mindset as me. And they're, it's hard because if you don't know how to train yourself, then, you know, people always just kind of let those thoughts come in and creep in. For me, I'm like, I don't really let shit pass my, my shield. I got plexiglass <laughs> around me. <laughs> It was COVID up in this bitch way before 2020. Oh, way before COVID, okay? <laughs> For me, I want to make sure that the people around me have the same type of mindset that you could do whatever the fuck you want. Nobody, you don't have to answer to nobody. You answer to yourself. Mm -hmm. And if the, the quicker you start caring less about what people think of you, the happier you will be. Preach. <laughs> yes, yes. Preach, so you've gone from, you've had this uh, evolution of going from thinking very singular minded to being very uh, tribal minded, very community minded. And I love it. Yeah. Yep. What would you say is the best advice for somebody that's had a traumatic life now that you're, you know, in your late thirties? The black don't crack. So uh, don't live with regrets. It will eat your ass up. Always try it once. Except for crack. <laughs> <laughs> try the food that you didn't think you would like um for yeah. me it was, before it, it was sushi for me like when i was in my 20s i was like early 20s i, was, I would never eat sushi now i can't live without i still hate sushi i love sushi i've had fish experience but i love like seafood though but octopus is something i would never eat my life love it now grilled octopus oh yeah don't be afraid of the unknown if it makes you happy and if it ends quickly, enjoy the time that it lasts. You just don't know when it's your time. I'm going to take this time to kind of, you know, the Rona has been good to me. Like, just all the way around. <laughs> like, I, I I, lost 25 pounds. Go ahead. <laughs> love with no inhibitions. Love, like, your life depending on it. I, I truly believe if people actually loved sincerely, uh, we would be better individuals and there would be no hate and wars. We wouldn't be doing this, this race fucking war that we're doing right now. We wouldn't be like, and we honestly, uh, selflessly love. Excited to see you now that I talk to you. I'm excited to see your role as like being this, you know, like yes. boss without, yes. yeah, without the smile and just being like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and she's a woman who loves women. So oh, you'll okay. get to see some of that in the movie as well so and you are raunchy <laughs> yes, I'm a little raunchy and talk about whatever i want <laughs> look for miss hugie uh in the upcoming movie bully the dead don't die it's diverse so i hope you guys enjoy you know the writing in bully we really like took a lot and wanted to give it to you it's, it's our baby it's three years <laughs> it's three years long it's a three years long so we hope that you love it. Bully, the series is on Deja Vu. It is also on Roku. So, you know, go ahead and 
upload that. Thank you so much for your time, and I love you. Black man's black gloves for the lead. We be in the club, popping bottles in the vid. Want to come to money?